FM. Psychologist Dr. John Francis Leader, he's a researcher at uh, UCD and runs a therapy practice in uh, Dublin City and online at jfl.com. Uh, uh, Dr. Leader, good morning and welcome to 98 FM. Hey Adrian, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Over the last half hour or so, we have been swamped with calls from people who, as one lady described, uh, still in lockdown mode. People who are extraordinarily uh, anxious about getting out and about and going for meals and all of that. You're obviously finding this quite a lot because we certainly have today. Yeah, well, I was going to say, you've had a taste of what I've been doing with my day-to-day mornings, afternoons, and evenings over the past few weeks and months. And yeah, I've been listening with great interest because, you know, I can really relate to a lot of the calls. It's a really tricky, I think, stage and phase at the moment because, you know, what anxiety is really based on a lot of the time is our sense of control and our sense of safety. And clarity really helps with that. So, of course, before the lockdown, you know, we lived our lives, we did what we did. With then a lockdown, while that was unpleasant, of course, for many, and many great challenges came with us, at least there was a kind of a clarity. You know, there was a sense of, here's what you do, here's what we all do. There was a kind of an enforcement of it. And again, while there's lots of problems with that, there's a kind of security in it. Mm. But this particular phase right now is really tricky because we've, to some degree, been left to our own devices uh, a bit more. There obviously are still guidelines, but they're a bit more ambiguous than before. Yes, in fact, the the government message is it's up to ourselves now to look after ourselves, essentially. So much nuance, and that creates anxiety because of the lack of uncertainty. And then, as you know, one of your said before maybe you go back to the familiar like the local shop and it's all different and there's different procedures and different layouts so those kind of comfort mechanisms are gone as well Mm. and of course a lot of people just have a certain amount of uh, essentially a post-traumatic stress really because some people have had some very difficult experiences over the past while and now they're trying to re-engage but they're having to re-navigate their world as well as process some of, of what was happening from before so it is really challenging there's an expression I've heard being used quite a lot in the last couple of weeks, and that is coronaphobia. Uh, that is something that many people have developed. And just listening to our last caller um, and lots of our, our callers, people terrified to in any way return to any sort of normality. Um, how? What is the best way to deal with this? Because certainly with that lady and uh, the, the lady who contacted us initially, her husband is getting frustrated with her and telling her basically to get a grip of herself and get on with life. Yeah, it's very tricky to, to find, again, that mode that we should be in. And then, of course, it's frustrating when in person and online we see people are in different modes, and that can antagonize people one way or the other. But I suppose the definition of phobia, when we think about it, is it's a level of fear... Uh, that's disproportionate to the situation we're in. Mm. So the the, the follow-on question has to be there. If there's a coronaphobia, is our anxiety disproportionate? And the problem is there's no one person who can really answer that. It's it's not like there is, you know, one clear way our day is going to go and our anxiety level. What we're doing a lot of the time, and to be fair, we've been trained for weeks and months of ads on the radio and government announcements that try their best to get us afraid so we can promote public safety. Mm. And the problem with that messaging, which of course is necessary, but the problem with that messaging is it kind of needs to be as loud 
as the person who has the least ability to hear it, if you know what I mean. So they have to, for some people who already would be sensitive to public safety, they would have got it even if you, you told them once. <laughs> some people don't listen unless they hear it a number of times. So the public messaging had to be pretty loud. But what that's done, it's almost blasted the ears off those of us who are a bit more sensitive to health concerns. And now, even though they're saying he's up a little bit, we're still in that anxiety mode. So I think something we really need to do, though, is definitely embrace the spirit of this because relaxing a bit you know we, we can't sustain stress and tension i suppose for too long so a certain amount of relaxation is important however how we achieve that is the thing that needs to be questioned so what i would say is it's absolutely okay for somebody who does feel anxious to maybe pace their re-engagement in the world again um to pace the degree or the pace at which they return to normal day-to-day -day living but it is really critical that they are bringing in some support some ease some wellness even if it's a while at home or even if it's going out in steps and not doing too much too soon and that way it can happen gradually and usually with phobia therapy that's what we're doing rarely are we just throwing somebody into a different situation but we're getting them like going to the gym to kind of stretch it bit by bit to see the evidence that they are safe and comfortable of course with appropriate precautions as, as they do so in this case yeah, and, and I mean, you could say to uh, person A, it's safe enough to go outside your home and engage with people and they can then throw straight back at you, well, actually, did you see the case numbers over the last couple of days? They're going up, I'm not going out anywhere. So while yeah. this virus is still in circulation, um, this coronaphobia will continue. Absolutely, and, and it's not inherently irrational that's the problem you know they, they, there is there is obviously something there and again we're, we're being reminded the message is being repeated but i think a, a metaphor i like to think of, of this is and you were talking about driving earlier and people's driving habits is accelerating and braking these are two things we need to learn to do when we drive or when you walk as well yeah. or when you cycle it's the same principle and it's not the case that like you could easily say well just keep the foot in the brakes that's the safe way to, to operate but of course it isn't really, because too much braking is also a problem while driving. Yeah. Too much accelerating is as well. And that's the tricky thing. Now, you could easily say, my gosh, how do you ever learn to drive? I mean, you know, you know when to put the foot in and when to pull it back. That's a very difficult thing. But somehow, if you're a good driver, you do learn it and it becomes natural. So I think that's what we're all trying to help each other to do at the moment. But I think it's nice to keep in mind that idea of the accelerator and the brake. So as you're approaching each day, you can ask yourself, am I accelerating a bit too much? If so, yes we do need to maybe hold back a bit or pace ourselves but am i breaking too much as well because that can be ineffective and of course there are mental health issues there are physical health issues there are other difficulties that come if we isolate too much on the other sides so it's striking that balance and there has been an awful lot of talk about the mental health uh, impact of all of what we've been through and you know you could see a situation where that will be one of the worst side effects of uh, this whole crisis yeah. that we've been through and certainly listening to uh, that last lady a lady who would have been um, sociable gregarious before all of this yeah. is a different person now yeah it does and you know there's so much individual difference in this as well because there can be people who have underlying anxiety already and there's a 
straw that breaks the camel's back. There could be other people, as you mentioned, who maybe wouldn't tend to be particularly concerned. But the level of, I suppose, reinforcement, where we're doing a therapeutic program, we're trying to reinforce change. But as I say, we've had the most amazing therapeutic program that's been run by government and media over the past while to reinforce caution around this. So, of course, we can't expect any of that conditioning to necessarily go away. So I think what's really important from a, a policy perspective and a communication perspective is that we're in kind of debriefing mode now. It's a bit like a lot of the research in this area is done uh, from people who are at war and the phrase shell-shocked, you know, originally it was used and then post-traumatic stress disorder. So much of the, the research comes from that area. And what they used to do, unfortunately, is people would get back from war and they'd say, all right, on you go, you know, with your day, back in day-to-day life. But obviously it's not that simple. We've got a lot of stuff going on in our heads. So what we're hopefully getting a bit better at now is this idea of debriefing, saying, okay, well, if you condition people to be concerned, we also need to have a conversation. You're doing it right now. That's why this is very important, to be able to process the accelerator and the brake. How do we kind of know when to hold back and how do we know when to push forward? Now, by the way, this is a kind of a community and a population thing. So I don't think you can find the most anxious person in society and expect them to be out in the first week and, you know, that's ever going to happen. It's a kind of a shared responsibility that some people will obviously overdo it, but other people will maybe hit the pace right. And then when enough people make the change in society, those of us who are maybe a bit more anxious will see that that's happening and will maybe see that it's relatively safe over and, time. And, yes, and, and start feeling a bit more yeah, confident. Like that. Yep. So, um, so the point I think is really important if you're listening to this, don't feel that you have to be under pressure for the good of society. Be the first person out the first day, you know, doing everything. That so, can happen in stages as long as you're emphasising relaxation. Finally, what advice would you give to, and I'm thinking of that, that last caller in particular, to people like that who are f- still living with this overwhelming anxiety with regard to all of this, um, should they go and talk to somebody? It'd be a very good idea and, you know, it's part of what you're doing now. These public conversations are very important because they, they you know, normalise it and we get to, get to you know, the, the woman who was on earlier was saying that it's the first time she's talked about this and that, that's brilliant. You know, I think it's so important to be able to talk about it. Um, obviously, professional support is available and it's important to remember that many therapists and practitioners like myself are doing work remotely, even though we can be open for those of, who are concerned to come in. There is support available that way through a number of streams. So, you know, do look into that if need be. But I think the main kind of meditation that I'd really emphasize, regardless of what support a person's getting, is that it's always appropriate to bring in self-care and relaxation, even if your concerns are absolutely valid and justified. And a good example of this is if you're a firefighter, there are real fires. <laughs> they are scary things. But that doesn't mean you can't relax after work. Mm. That doesn't mean you can't chat with your friends and have those supports. And that doesn't put you in a worse position to be safe. It puts you in a better position to be safe. Because sometimes we're so worried about something in our heads that we're actually missing the risks in front of us. So it's not saying that there's no problems, but it's saying let's actually relax into ourselves a little bit, mind and body, so that we can actually recognize what's going on and then accelerate and break proportionately. All right, so for, for, for somebody who is feeling that way, uh, this is not an abnormal way to be feeling. This is because of everything we've been conditioned into in the last couple of months. Uh, but it is something that you should try and prevent it taking over your life, essentially. Exactly right. To be able to kind of understand what's happening and to have a relationship with us. 
And events like this are difficult because for a lot of us, we haven't been taught in school growing up how to manage you know, the signs of anxiety, how to understand adrenaline and cortisol and our sympathetic nervous system and all of that. A lot of us, we just don't know about that stuff. And that's, that's interestingly how I got into my own practice when I had experiences with anxiety a while back and I didn't know what the hell was going on. So I started to research it and then I thought, this is really interesting. And then I became a psychologist on foot of that. But I think many of us are in that position where something like this happens. And then we've got all of these feelings and these thoughts and we don't know how to manage them. So back to the firefighter example, again, there'd be something wrong with you if you didn't feel a certain amount of stress given the context. So I think that is entirely normal, some individual differences, but it is normal to feel it. But the thing is what you do with it, I suppose, mm. you can still have a mindset of safety but hopefully embrace some level of ease at the same time. All right, it's been uh, fascinating talking to you um, and thank you very much indeed for your uh, advice for uh, a lot of people actually uh, reacting to what you've been saying. Uh, but in the meantime, Dr John Francis Leader, thank you very much indeed for joining us on 98FM. Always great to chat, Adrian. Thank you, bye-bye. All right, there you go. Isn't that very interesting? Uh, it, the bottom line is... Uh, do your best to not let this whole thing take over your entire life and if you're finding that it is and you're completely debilitated by the anxiety overall of what we've been through then do uh, reach out for help from a professional alright you're listening to 98FM's Dublin Talks if you found this valuable do like subscribe and share and what's your experience do you have any questions or topic suggestions you can contribute in the comments, on social media using hashtag BodyMindSelf, or at jfl.com.